It's great to be here together and welcome to City Church this morning. If you're new or visiting, we like to celebrate on Easter Sunday the resurrection of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And I love in this video that we've just watched, we see the effect that had started to take place on the community, on the society around where this had happened just after the resurrection. The people, there was a, there was a sense of just waiting around to find out what would happen on day three. It kind of reminds me about a, a boxing match where someone's knocked to the ground and then the referee comes over and they start to give the 10 count. Well, it's kind of like that when it t- comes to Good Friday, the three count starts to take place. And you can kind of imagine the referee coming over and saying, you've got to give me something, otherwise I'm going to call this fight off. And day one went by. Day two went by. And heaven was just counting along with it. And day three comes and Jesus arises. Jesus comes out of the grave, a risen king, resurrected king, just like he said he would do. Resurrected for you and I. And when it comes to Resurrection Sunday... What a moment to come and celebrate the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live without hope. We can live with a confident hope and expectation in the power of the cross and in the power of Jesus Christ. To me, it's like Good Friday. It's just like a loading icon on your computer. You know that frustrating wheel of death where something's just loading on your computer? It kind of felt like that, I reckon, on Good Friday where heaven just started to load resurrection. And it just was loading and waiting and waiting and waiting until that moment came where Jesus was risen from the dead. And I love that they ran to the tomb. I love that there was such excitement. It started to spread. It started to reverberate around the community. And today, over 2,000 years later, we are still celebrating, bigger than ever, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What a powerful, powerful moment. I love Rick Warren. He says this, God specializes in turning crucifixions into resurrections. And isn't that true? He sure does. And I want to read from a passage today. If you've got your Bibles, come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is a passage. We've talked about how the resurrection had such a reverberation around the community in that moment. But then we can see today, 2,000 years later, we are still having that same effect in our communities and in our lives today because of what the resurrection did for us and what that kind of brought for us on the cross. But I want to read a passage that happened about 50 years after the resurrection. It's a passage passage here in 1 Corinthians that's written from Paul, and it's talking about the resurrection of Christ. It says in verse 1, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. I love that the gospel is good news. I love that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. I love that we have the greatest news to celebrate on Resurrection Sunday, that we don't have to be kind of dim, and we don't have to be sad, and we don't have to be prim and proper on Easter, but we can just let it all loose because we are free, we are forgiven, we are set free because of the power of God. It's the good news. I love how the, we have this good news to celebrate. It's the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Verse 3 says, I passed on to you 
what, most, what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scriptures said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures have said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. This is speaking about Paul 50 years later. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. What we know about Paul is that he was somebody that went around persecuting Christians. He would put them in prison. He would see them whipped and beaten because of their faith. And he had this incredible conversion experience where Jesus appeared to him and it changed the course of his life. It says in verse 10, but what... But whatever I am now, it is all because of God poured out, because God poured out his special favor on me. And not without results, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I but God who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you have already believed. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the dead. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more pitied than anyone in the world. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest for all who have died. What a powerful passage of Scripture that reminds us that the resurrection has changed everything for us. As believers in Jesus Christ, we can have a hope that moves beyond our life here on earth. A hope that is eternal, a hope that is sure, a hope that is a foundation upon what we can live our lives daily. I want to speak this morning about three things Easter reminds us of. And the first one's this. Number one, Easter reminds us we are valued by God because of the price He paid. We are valued by God because of the price he paid. In fact, it says in that passage, I passed on to you what was most important, that Christ died for our sins. He died for our sins. That is the value that he placed on every one of us, that he would send his son into the world to save us from our sins. That he would die on that cross and would rise again so that you and I could have life and freedom and hope in him because of the forgiveness of our sins. That is the value that Jesus paid for you. 
We have so many different valuers in our world today. People that value houses, people that value cars, perhaps people that value furniture, different things that are important to us. But there is no one that can set the value for a human apart from Jesus. Because He created us. He destined us. He formed us in the womb. He created us. And so therefore, He can set the value. And He chose that His life was the value for yours. What a powerful story. The story of Easter reminds us the value that Jesus placed on us. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 in the message says, I've never quit loving you and I never will. Expect love, love and more love. I love in this passage that Jesus shows great value to many different groups of people. Jesus showed value on the cross to the two criminals that were on either side of him, one that was crying out for salvation and one that was rejecting his salvation. He still showed love to both of them in that moment, even while he was being crucified. Jesus showed value to the women that went to find him at the tomb. This is a significant moment because in the culture and context of the day, women were not the ones that were going to bring some great announcement to other people. But Jesus in that moment showed value. He knew that it would be the women that would go to the tomb and they would be the first ones to announce the Lord's resurrection. Jesus showed value in that moment. I love that Jesus showed value to doubting Thomas. He walked straight through the wall. Let's not miss that moment. He didn't use the door. He walked straight in to meet doubting Thomas and remind him he showed value even to the doubters. He showed value to Peter who had denied Jesus three times. And he showed value to the disciples and the crowds and the people that had followed him. He spent the time to be with them to remind them that he is the resurrected king. See, I think about my kids. When they were both born, I've got a little boy, Cooper, who's four, a little girl, Georgia, who's one year old. And when they were born, I just remember this overwhelming joy and love for these kids. They had done nothing but cause pain to my wife throughout that nine-month period. They had done nothing but caused a lot of work to be done to set up in preparation for them, building cots, painting rooms, making sure everything was sorted out. They'd done nothing but caused me to spend a whole lot of money buying clothes and different things that they needed to do. They'd done nothing to deserve my love. In fact, they put their worst foot forward in a lot of different areas. And here they were coming out, crying, ugly crying, out of the womb, But yet my heart was just so overwhelmed as I held them as my children. And I just thought, this is so special. I just love this child. I just love them as they are. And you know, that's the same for Jesus when it comes to us. We have done nothing to earn his approval. We have done nothing to earn forgiveness. We have done nothing to earn the grace of Jesus Christ. But he has done it all for us. All that he did on the cross wasn't because of our good works, wasn't because of our great behavior modification, wasn't because we impressed him, wasn't because we deserved it. He just did it because he loved us as we were. That is the good news. That is the grace of Jesus Christ that you could not do anything to deserve it. 
It's unmerited favor. You haven't earned it, but it's been bought for you. The forgiveness of your sins is available, not because of your great behavior, but because of God's great love for you. And don't ever forget it. You can never run too far away from God. His love will chase you down. I love the scripture that talks about we don't even understand the height, the depth, the length of the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's true. Just like we as humans, as, as earthly moms and dads, have such a great love for our children, although they have done nothing. Imagine the great love that our Heavenly Father even more so has for us. For God so loved the world. That's the value that was set for you. The second thing is, we are verified by the cross. We are verified by the cross. Have you ever been waiting for something to be verified? Perhaps paperwork, perhaps a password or a driver's license or something that you're waiting to be verified. Perhaps you're walking into a place where you need to show your identification and it needs to be verified. And there's this waiting kind of moment that takes place. That's kind of like the three days between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. There's this moment where we're waiting to be verified, but yet it's happened. It's taken place on, good, uh, on Easter Sunday. There's this verification process that takes place. We no longer need to wait. We've received access. Verification is about approval. It's about access. It's about being able to enter in to the love of our Father, the love of Jesus Christ for every one of us. We have been verified. It's a bit like some people on Twitter or Instagram that are a certain level of fame. They get that beautiful blue tick. They are verified as the person that we should be able to follow and look towards on our social media. Well, God gives us that tick because of the cross. He verifies us. He welcomes us into his family. I love T.D. Jakes. He said it this way, salvation is the root, but the resurrection is the fruit. That was the reason Jesus went to the cross is so that we could receive salvation. We could receive that verification that needed to take place. That was the reason why? The greatest gift of Easter is hope. That we have been verified. That we have been approved. And not because we were the ones that were so good. But because it was the good grace of Jesus Christ. I don't know whether you've ever been at a moment where you've tried to swipe your card to pay for something. And as you've went to swipe your card, perhaps there isn't the money that needs to be in your account. And you've been rejected. That embarrassing moment. Have you ever been there at the counter? You're buying a coffee or you're doing something. There's a whole lineup of people behind you. You put your card down to pay it and you haven't, you forgot to transfer money over into that account perhaps. And as you go to pay for it, it's declined. Sorry, sir, your payment has been declined. How embarrassing is that moment? It's happened to me more than once. And you've just forgotten and there's people there and you're like, oh, sorry, I'm just going to transfer money. And it's just, it's an awkward moment. Well, when it comes to our lives, it doesn't matter the amount of sin that we rack up. The grace of Jesus Christ, the account is full. The blood of Jesus Christ has made sure the account is always full. That it doesn't matter how far you run from God or what you've done wrong or your past or your sin. We all have that, that God's grace has paid the price. There will never be a moment where his grace does not have enough payment in that account. To pay for your sin. And that is the good news of Easter. 
that the price has been paid. Romans 6 verse 12 says, sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then, refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to Him as one who has experienced resurrection life. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. For all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. See, to me, without understanding, Jesus is our only salvation. It's like living your life trying to type in a password for something and completely being logged out, being locked out of being able to access the purpose and the destiny that is on your life. And many people are trying to type in passwords of different things. They're putting themselves above God. They're putting themselves above uh, different situations. Perhaps we're trying to find our own happiness and our own pursuit of happiness that we can miss the point of our existence. We can miss the point of life that Jesus is the password. It says so clearly in John 14 verse 6, He's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the only way to enter salvation. He's the only way for our life to be eternally changed, to receive that grace. As we enter into a relationship with Him, as we open up our hearts to Him, we receive salvation. Our life only finds purpose in Jesus, and you are verified by the cross. And third and finally this morning, you are victorious because of the resurrection. It says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. See, with the cross and the resurrection, it's kind of like playing a three-match series and already have won two matches in that series. You know that it doesn't matter what happens in your life, you've already won the series. It doesn't matter what challenges that you'll face, what things will happen, what disappointments, what setbacks will happen in your life. You have already won. Because of the cross and because of the resurrection, your life is a victorious life. Sometimes we've got to condition ourselves and remind ourselves again of the great victory we have. There's such a difference between walking into the sheds of a losing team and walking into the sheds after a game of a winning team. There's such a joy and there's such a victory and an enthusiasm about it. And that's why I love Easter Sunday for the church, because it's a moment where we get together and we just celebrate the victory that we have won through Jesus Christ. The victory of the cross that has changed everything for us. We've been dog sitting over this weekend. And uh, I'm not the greatest fan of dogs. I know, I'm a tough person, aren't I? And so we've had this dog that we've been looking after. And this isn't just your usual kind of dog. This dog has been spoilt for many years now. To me, dogs live outside. They don't live in my house. But this dog doesn't act like that. It's lived inside for years. It curls up to its owners on the bed as they go to sleep at night. That is not going to sit in my house. 
And so this dog has been coming inside like it owns the place and walking in and out. And I have to go and open the door for the poor thing to get outside and go to the bathroom. And, and when I put it outside for too long, this dog howls. Like I need to be back inside on the lounge watching TV. Well, you can't even go out without leaving the TV on for this poor little dog. You are a dog. You're not a human. And so this dog is excited and it's, it's, you put it outside and it starts howling because it believes that it needs to be inside. You're a dog. But the thing is, it has been conditioned to living inside, not living outside. And us as believers, we begin as we start a relationship with Jesus, we come to an inside room. We come to a place of relationship with Jesus Christ that brings us in. It starts to condition our life to living in victory, to understand we may have challenges, we may go through difficult moments, but we know we have won. We've read the end of the story and we win. And so therefore we live on the inside. But there are many people in our community, many of us that have experienced time on the outside. And just like this dog, Billy, Howling on the outside. I believe our community howls for purpose. It's wanting to come in. It's wanting to enter in and find hope and true relationship with God. As Christians, we live in victory. I love in Romans 6, it says in verse 9, And we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life, has vanquished death, and its power over him is finished. For by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all, but he now lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. So let it be the same way with you. If the team want to make their way up, I'm almost coming to a close. Have you ever heard the expression where someone has said to you, you are full of it? Maybe you've said that to someone else in a nice Christian way, of course. (laughs) You are full of it. Well, I want to tell you this morning that you are full of it. You are full of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And because of that, you can live victorious no matter whatever situation you face in your life. Because even the challenges on this earth, in your life, cannot take away The fact that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ will elevate you, will cause you to arise when your life does end and find your home on the inside in heaven. All the challenges that we face, all the difficult moments we go through as humans navigating our way through life here on earth cannot take away the fact that when we enter a relationship with Jesus and receive His grace, it changes everything and we will rise again, just like Jesus rose because of His resurrection power on the inside of us. Romans 5.10 says it this way, So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to Himself through the death of His Son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God and because we share in His resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's 
dominion. 1 John 4.10, this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This Easter 2019, I want you to know the truth. This is love. What Jesus has done for you on the cross and His resurrection power to rise above sin's dominion and rise above that has set us free. He's taken all of our mistakes, all of our sin, all of our shame. All of us have fallen short from the most moral person in this building today to the least. We are all forgiven. We are all set free by the grace of Jesus Christ. God's blood covers everybody. And this morning, I want to remind you, you are not too far gone. God has forgiven you. And because he's forgiven you, you live in victory. So this morning, I want to ask you the question, how is your relationship with Jesus? Have you received this grace? Have you received this love that we celebrate at Easter time? With everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed for a moment. In the privacy of this moment, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. See, Jesus made the first move as he died for us on the cross and he rose again. But the second move is our choice. Will we receive this grace? Just like the two sinners on either side of the cross, one received it and one rejected it. Today, there is a choice for every one of us. Will you receive the love of Jesus Christ? the forgiveness of your sins, the certainty of coming on the inside to a life in heaven and a life of purpose here on earth. With everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed without me embarrassing you or calling you out, I want to ask you to do something brave this morning. If you want to receive this love and this grace that is offered through Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand with everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed right now. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as a sign of saying, Ben, that's me. I want to receive that forgiveness this morning. I want to receive that love this morning, that relationship with Jesus that changes everything. I don't want to hold back. I don't want to just go through life without purpose. I want to know on this Easter Sunday, 2019, that I am saved and forgiven with a future in heaven. So if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you right now to lift up your hand. With everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you want to lift up your hand right now, I'll see that hand. Thank you. I can see that hand. Thank you. I can see that hand. Anybody else this morning that wants to join those people and say, yes, that's me. I want to receive the love of Jesus Christ, the grace that was brought out for me this morning. This is love. Fantastic. You can open your eyes. Why don't you stand with me this morning? There's a few people that have lifted their hands, and I'm sure that in our hearts today, what a moment for all of us to be able to say the sinner's prayer together. A prayer that simply cries out to God and relying upon His grace. It's not about the incredible articulation of our words in this moment. It's about our heart leaning into Jesus and receiving all that He has won for us on the cross. And so together as a church family, we're going to pray the sinner's prayer this morning and join those that have lifted their hand. Perhaps you didn't lift your hand, but you know in your heart that you want to pray this prayer. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. That is a promise you can rely upon in your life. And so together, let's pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I give you my life. For my sin, I'm sorry. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I receive your love for me. Help me to live for you and follow you all my days and serve you only. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray for this Easter 2019 that we wouldn't forget this is love. This is the kind of love that is transformational. This is the kind of love that over 2,000 years later, we are celebrating today. Millions upon millions upon millions around the world today are celebrating this incredible love and this incredible grace. And Lord, I pray that it would be front and center in our celebrations today, that we would not forget the truth that isn't just corporate, that's personal for us, that you died for our sins and you rose again so that we can live with the power of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. And for that, we give you all the praise, honor, glory, and worship together in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, I can't think of anything better to do on Easter Sunday than to finish with elevating our Savior Jesus Christ this morning. So come on, let's worship Him one more time this morning before we eat some chocolate.